Good morning, everybody. How are y'all? Good, 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 good. Welcome to uh, St. Matthew's. Excited for you guys to be here and worship with us this morning. Would you stand as we do so? Grateful that you hear 
war on death was waged, the power of hell forever broke. The ground began to shake, the storm was rolled away, this perfect love could not be overcome. And now death, where is your sting?
that that's something in how we carry ourselves every day. Not just something to check off the list on the weekend, Lord, but just something that we that we live in, live out day in and day out. At home, at work. Let us be encouraged by others. Uh, let us be the church. Let us be that reminder to other people that there is more that you are hope. We love you and we just... Uh, we just give you this time and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. I'd like to invite all the children that are here to join me this morning. Good morning. Are any of you forgetful? You ever forget anything? Yeah, I forget things all the time. Your parents ever say, go clean your room, and you say, oh, I forgot. That happens sometimes. Yeah, we're all forgetful. And so I have some things that I do to try to help me be a little less forgetful, okay? Now, this is one thing that I don't do, but someone told me that it's a thing, and I'm going to see if you've ever heard about it. Have you ever heard of someone tying string around their finger when they need to remember something? Yeah, me either, and I would just look at my finger and think, now why did I tie that string there? I don't think it would help me, but apparently that's a thing. But I use these. What are these? Don't know? Sticky notes. Your teachers use these probably to write little notes to themselves. But I'll tell you part of my problem is that I um, put these in my pocket, and then I wash them in the washing machine, and then that didn't help me remember anything, did it? No. Okay, and then I have my phone, and it helps me. I have a calendar in there. But the thing about this is you have to remember to take your phone places with you. And I'm really bad about that. So it's sometimes helpful. So this is how I keep up with everything. Y'all know what that is? It's actually not. This is my planner. It's just so big you'd think it's the Bible, right? Yeah. But it's like my Bible almost because I write everything that I need in here. So if I have a doctor's appointment or I have a meeting with someone or, you know, I'm supposed to come up here and remember to say stuff to y'all during church, I have to write it in here because if I don't write it in here, I might forget. And we write things down because it's hard to just keep it in our heads, isn't it? Just because someone says, hey, will you do this next Saturday doesn't mean that we're going to remember it. And so I was thinking about how we need that visual. We need to be able to see the things that we're supposed to remember, right? Like a little note to ourselves. And Jesus gave us a visual to remember something. And if you look up there on the table, you might see it. Did y'all notice that piece, that loaf of bread up there? And the cup, did y'all notice that? Miss Aaron's going to lift it up for us. Do y'all know what that bread and that cup stand for? Communion, right? That stands for communion. So that's when we eat the bread and we dip it in the cup and we eat that, right? Yeah, but do we know what, the commun- what communion is? Okay, so just in case it represents what Jesus did for us, right? So the night that Jesus was betrayed, he's sitting around with his friends, and they're having a meal together. They're eating, and he takes the bread, and he says, this is my body broken for you. Eat this to remember me. So he's saying, every time you eat that bread, I want you to remember me. And then he takes a cup of wine, and he says the same thing. This is my blood shed for you. Drink this to remember me. So when we eat that bread and we dip it in the juice and we drink that juice, we're remembering what Jesus did for us. And what we need to remember is that Jesus came and died for us, right? Which was a really big deal. So we don't have to just remember it because we have church where we have communion and we can look at the bread and the cup and we can remember that. Okay? Does anyone want to pray for us this morning? No? Okay, I'll say the prayer. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, thank you so much for giving us these symbols to remember what you've done for us. I just pray that you would help us to remember you always and to live our lives according. In your name we pray. Amen. Children start to head back to their seats or to Children's Church. We just want to take this opportunity and welcome you to worship today. If you haven't done so yet, I'm going to encourage you to sign in on the attendance sheets on each row. Let us know you are here. Let us know if any of your contact information has changed and how we can pray for you in the week ahead. Also on the attendance sheets is our Wednesday Night Live uh, reservation. 
so we can make sure and have enough food for everyone. So I really encourage you, if you haven't been on Wednesday night yet, to join us for dinner at 5 or classes at 6. I want to draw our attention to this sheet of paper, to our top three for the week. And just some three things to take with us. The first is that next Sunday at 11, the sanctuary, our children will be uh, leading that service and worship. And then the following week, October 6, here in Intersection, our children will be doing the same. For us to remember that our children are not just the future, but they are members of the church who, no matter their age, can and should lead us in worship. So I encourage you to be praying for our children as they prepare to help lead us in worship both of those weeks. And then number two, if you remain in this church, I really encourage you to be there next Sunday morning at, is it it's 7.30 a.m.? I know it's really early, but editorial cartoonist Marshall Ramsey will be speaking next Sunday morning to our men's club. So that's a great opportunity. And then number three, this thing is really important. So we have not done a good job this month of bringing in vitamins and reading glasses for our Honduras mission team to take with them in February. And so I'm really going to encourage you this week, take this sheet of paper, take it with you to Kroger, leave it in your car as a reminder that next week to bring in reading glasses of all kinds of prescriptions, prenatal vitamins and children's vitamins so that we can make sure that when our team goes in February that they will have more than enough for all the people who come. So this is an important item that we always do a great job in. And so I really encourage you to help us finish strong so the deadline's next Sunday so that we can make sure and count everything and make sure that we have enough. So I really encourage you this week to take this with you. I'm going to take mine, leave it in my car, because that way it will help me remember. But, but take this and help us finish strong. But as our um, team starts to head back to sing another song before we turn to today's passage, I just want to say, because I haven't yet, how, how good it is to see you in worship. Because here's the thing about church and worship. This can be the most healing and fruitful time of our week. When we choose to be present, when we choose to lay down whatever it is we may be carrying. Because God is with us at all times. God is always ready for us to acknowledge his presence, to talk to him. But in this time and in this space, we are surrounded by other believers who we may not be, um, who we may not know outside of church. Here we are surrounded by people who know what it's like to try to be faithful, to try to understand what it means to be a Christian, the struggle sometimes to get up on Sunday mornings for some of you to get kids ready. And to get here. This is a place where we can always come and to join our hearts, to join our voices, and to praise God's holy name. And when we leave, hopefully we leave strengthened and encouraged and remembering that in whatever we are going through, we are never alone. So let us sing together now.
Let's lift that up to the Lord. Let us pray. God, we do love you. Even though sometimes we don't always understand what it means to believe, what it means to be faithful, we love you. We love what we hear about you. We love what we have seen you do in our lives. that you are good even when we see so much brokenness we can name the fact that you are good even when we feel weary we can name the fact that you are our strength even when we feel too far gone we can name the fact that you are our salvation Lord, in this time, we just turn to you, trusting that you will have your way, not any agenda we have, that you will speak, and that you will bless our hearts. So, Lord, we just trust you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So as a church, last month and this month, we're doing this series on identity and the things that form us. And so today we're going to talk about how the sacraments form us. And it's a weird thing. 
Kate and I have talked about this a lot this past week. It's weird to talk about the sacraments and know we're not doing either sacrament and worship. But still, what do these sacraments mean? These sacraments that we say are set apart as holy, as sacred, because in them, in baptism and in communion, we say that we can experience and know the grace of God. Well, in baptism, we are brought into God's family. We are marked by water as one of God's own. And in the United Methodist Church, we baptize infants because we name the fact that from the very beginning of life that God in his goodness and grace seeks out each and every one of us. That his grace in so many different ways through people, through creation, through tugs on the heart, that his grace seeks us out, for calling us to know God, to love God, to believe in God, and to be faithful. And in two weeks, we get the privilege in here of, of baptizing an infant. And one of the beautiful things about naming baptism as a sacrament about the fact that we do choose to baptize infants, to mark them as God's own, is that we as a church have this incredible privilege. As these children grow up in our church, of teaching them about the God we know and the God we believe in, of pointing out God at work and, and telling the children why it is we believe. And I will always encourage adults to plug in somehow, some way in children or youth, especially where your children aren't involved, because studies will show time and again that it takes five adults pouring into every child outside of their parents for faith to stick. that we as a church need to surround our children and youth and to tell them that it matters because of who we know God to be. So baptism is one of the sacraments and communion is the other. And communion is where we're going to, to really settle and sit with today as we turn to today's passage in the Gospel of John, chapter 6. And we're really going to focus on communion. Because communion is something we practice every month. The first of every month, we as a church take part in communion. And so I want us to really focus on that today as we look at today's passage in, in John 6, verses 51 through 58 of how this practice that we do every month that can almost become routine, how it can and should shape us in who we are. And so the, the Gospel of John is this gospel that has the seven I am statements, where Jesus uses seven different metaphors trying to explain to his disciples, to all the people, who he is. Like, I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And today we're going to be sitting with the first I am statement. Where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And I'll be drawing some on the, the verses leading up to it because Jesus talks about how he is the bread of life throughout chapter 6. But we'll be starting at verse 51, going through verse 58, where we find Jesus saying, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. 
and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So it's a weird passage, right? We have to think it's a little weird because Jesus is talking about eating flesh and drinking blood. No one going to admit that? I mean, it's weird whenever I read it. And sometimes I have to pause when I'm thinking through the communion liturgy, because if you pick up on it, the body of Christ and the breaking of the bread, the juice, the blood of Christ. Now, we as United Methodists, we don't believe that the bread and the juice become the body and blood of Christ. We believe that ultimately it's, it's a mystery of what It's a a mystery, but what happens when we come to take communion is that Christ meets us. When When we receive the bread and we dip in the cup, that Jesus meets us there, that he is present. But still, the language is a little weird. Eating flesh Drinking blood, this is a reason why early Christians were considered cannibals. Did you ever know that, that early Christians were called cannibals? Because they would talk about eating flesh and drinking blood. But with everything going on with this passage, here's why I want us to pull our attention today to the I Am statement. Of Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. And bread is so basic, right? I mean, I don't have the normal loaf of bread that James makes for us each month. That's beautiful, and I love that it's gluten-free because everyone can partake in it. It's just a Hawaiian sweet loaf. I grew up having this as communion. While I was in college and I missed home, I'd go buy Hawaiian bread and grape juice. And that would be my lunch. Because it reminded me of home and all the people in my life and the churches that my dad served over the years. I mean, it's just bread, right? Something that you can smell. <laughs> Something you can touch. It's so tangible. I mean, people have been baking bread for 6,000 years. And bread goes a long way. Most of us expect bread at a table for a meal, right? It's something that we can count on to eat. And we know that it will go far, that it will settle well in our stomach, no matter how we're feeling. Everyone knows bread. It's so basic, so ordinary. And and here's Jesus saying, he is the bread of life. And he tells them, the bread of the bread of life that came down from heaven. In verse 35, he says, whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
And we got a glimpse of it in today's passage. The people just didn't understand what he was trying to say to them. He took this basic, ordinary thing that in those days was common at every meal and said, I am the bread of life, came down from heaven. Whoever believes in me, whoever whoever is in me will never hunger or thirst again. They will have everlasting life. He was trying to, to use all the language that the Jewish people should know from, the, from their scriptures. For them to understand that he is the one that they had been waiting for. Son of man. He was using language that they, that should have clicked in their head. Son of man, the living bread come down from heaven, in which there is life. But they didn't get it. I think it's verse 42, 43. The Jewish people kept saying amongst themselves, what is this Jesus saying? We know who he is. That's what they kept saying. We know who he is. He is Mary and Joseph's son. He is a Nazarene. His father is a carpenter. They just, they didn't get it. Here Jesus was taking something so ordinary. And using the language of their scriptures to help them understand that here he was, the one they had been waiting for, for for generations. He wasn't just a good man. He wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a healer or a miracle worker. At the beginning of John 6 is the story of the feeding of the 5,000. They had just witnessed with their own eyes. Jesus, take the lunch of a little boy in John 6. And feed the multitudes. They had just witnessed this miracle. But they couldn't understand. But how often can we not understand? How often can we approach Scripture? approach worship and church and think to ourselves, Jesus was a great man. How often can we approach and say, he did marvelous things. He did great things. But how often do we settle for turning Jesus back into just a human? who lived a great life for us to to look at as a role model instead of realizing, even as people who call ourselves believers, instead of realizing that he is Savior of the world, that he is God who came in flesh so that we could touch him. So that we can know that God is approachable. How often do we so easily without even realizing it, turn Jesus into just a good man with great promises. But that's, for me, where communion comes in. And yes, John Wesley said that we should take communion as often as possible. Because we come to this table, and it's Christ's table. And anyone can come. You don't have to be a member of any church. You don't have to be baptized. You don't even have to be a proclaiming believer. You don't, you can come. Anyone is welcome. And you come 
and we receive a piece of bread. And we see the breaking of bread. As we remember how Christ's body was broken, we remember the lengths that Christ went to. We remember that this good man gave his human life experienced a very human death. And we know from scripture that he did this so that every time we take this meal, we can remember we are forgiven. We come to this table sometimes filled with this shame and need to, to confess. We can sometimes come feeling so unworthy. And yet in this meal, we remember that, that no matter what we've done, that God has called us worthy. That God has marked us as beloved. That we've been marked as God's own. We come to this meal and we remember we remember his sacrifice and his death. But we come remembering and we come celebrating. Because we celebrate the fact that we know that death could not hold him. This meal reminds us not only are we forgiven, but that sin and death have been conquered on our behalf. We come to this table and we remember the promise of life everlasting. We come to this table and we remember and, and know that no matter the brokenness that we have seen and felt and been a part of, that ultimately that, that God will bring healing in every bit of brokenness. That God's love and grace will never leave us undone will always bring us back together, back to wholeness, back to joy, back to his love. Communion shapes us as much as we want to allow it to. We can turn it into this thing we do once a month. But Jesus wants us to remember every time we partake or every time we see the bread or the juice that he wasn't just a good man. He is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world to bring us to life everlasting. to remove our shame, to remove our sins, and to remind us that we are always welcome in God's home, at God's table. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, it can be so easy to, 
to lose track. To just turn you back into this nice man. Because sometimes we don't understand how we're worthy. Sometimes we just, we just want to understand you. But Lord, may the sacraments always remind us that we are yours, that we are your children, that we have been brought into your family, that Christ's sacrifice, Christ's sacrifice is there to remind us that the fight has already been won. We don't have to carry anything anymore. That in you is love and grace and forgiveness and freedom and life. That in you is, is family and home. Lord, May you remind us. May you call us back to you. And may you show up in the biggest ways and in the smallest whispers. Your grace that is always surrounding us. Help us to love you. To pray and to proclaim you with our whole heart as the living bread, as, as our Savior. It's in your Son's precious name we pray. Amen. Oh, you do 